HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn, New American Cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Inside School Food, conversation for people working in K-12 food service and anyone else who is keen to learn about what it looks like from the inside. I'm your host, Laura Stanley. On today's show, we'll be hearing from the food service team from Jefferson County, Colorado, and the local grower they're buying their chicken from. That is sustainably grown chicken, no antibiotics used, that the district purchases raw. We'll be looking at why Jeffco does this and how they pull it off. But first, I can't proceed without commenting on what went on in school food last week. We sure made headlines. Um, Here's one of my favorites from the Washington Post blogger Tom Hamburger, who says, School cafeteria food fight becomes an all-out food war. Uh, Most of you will have heard by now that the House Appropriations Committee has voted for a Republican-backed measure that grants temporary exemption to districts that are struggling to finance their meal programs under the nutrition standards mandated by the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of 2010. Last Tuesday, in advance of the vote, First Lady Michelle Obama took a very public stand against the proposed exemption, which she and other opponents describe as a rollback, suggesting a fear that exemption may eventually be made permanent. Speaking at a roundtable meeting for child nutrition advocates hosted by the White House, Mrs. Obama said, the last thing we can afford to do right now is play politics with our kids' health. Now is not the time to roll back everything we have worked for. Time magazine called this one of the most political speeches the First Lady has ever given. It was also quite emotional. This is unacceptable to me, not just as First Lady, she said, but as a mother. The committee's recommendation will be fiercely debated this summer in the run-up to negotiations between House and Senate members in a few months' time. Uh, Inside School Food will be following the news closely, so do check in with us in the coming weeks for more on this topic and 
Remember to visit us on Facebook for links to press accounts and more that can help you understand what's going on, who's saying what, uh, and more. Okay, so how do I segue from the 2010 Healthy, uh, Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act to fresh chicken in Jefferson County, Colorado? Actually, that's easy. With uh, produce and whole grains requirements monopolizing the headlines, we tend to overlook that the act also encourages districts to cut back on high-sodium processed poultry and meat, by which I mean chicken nuggets that list soy filler as a second ingredient, followed by 30-some-odd other ingredients, half of which are not recognizable as food. Simply choosing cleaner label whole muscle chicken is not as easy as it sounds because it doesn't always portion out to USDA mandated portion sizes and because pre-cooked whole muscle is expensive. So what's an SFA to do? In Jeffco and a small but growing number of districts across the country, the answer is scratch cooked drums, thighs, and leg quarters. Fresh chicken in school kitchens is no longer unthinkable. Quite the opposite, it's increasingly looking like a healthy, economical, and really delicious option that may well uh, be in reach for districts that have working ovens in their schools. So last September, Jeffco became the second largest district in the nation to embrace fresh chicken. Jeffco is also the second largest in the nation to regularly menu local chicken grown sustainably without antibiotics. Chicago holds first place in both categories. Um, I was privileged to be of assistance to both districts in their tra transition to fresh chicken. In the Jeffco case, in partnership with Slow Food Denver and the Pew Campaign on Human Health and Industrial Farming. But it was Jeffco's Executive Director of Food Services, Linda Stoll, Executive Chef Yuri Sanow, and their supplier, Boulder Natural Meats, that did the heavy lifting. So I'm thrilled to have them all on the show today. We're going to start with Linda and Yuri, followed by grower Chad Anderson after station break. So, Linda and Yuri, welcome to Inside School Food. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much, Laura. Um, Linda, just to set the stage for our listeners, can you tell us um, about your a little bit about your district? Sure. Jeffco um, is is the suburbs that surround Denver on on the west side. Um, we have 147 sites that we feed at, just over 85,000 students. Um, we're a relatively low free and reduced district. We have about 32% of our district approved for free and reduced. Um, Participation-wise, we feed around 25% in the secondary schools and around 60% of our students in the elementary schools. Mm -hmm. um, and are, you're doing some scratch cooking, as we're going to talk about shortly, and some partial scratch cooking. What does that look like? Um, this is probably our second year that we've really been doing much in the, in the scratch realm. We started out with um, non-meat sources to cook from scratch. So we went back to making our own macaroni and cheese, our own grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, then last year we added in the, the Boulder Natural meat, the chicken products. And then we've got some new things on the horizon for next year as well. Right. So it sounds like your kitchens are pretty well set up to accommodate uh, some of this scratch cooking. I, I don't know that equipment-wise, 
and and training wise we were any better set up than than any other districts are going to find we just made the decision and fortunately have the expertise in chef yuri to mm-hmm. do the training that we felt necessary right right so yuri and you've been with jeffco for did you say t- uh, two years uh, well, I've been with the district for almost four years. I've oh, been, four years. Okay. I've uh, chef with the district for two years. Great, great. And I understand you're a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America? Yeah, yeah. I, I always get excited when I meet CIA grads who found their, uh, grads who found their calling in school food. It's, very, it's like great. Um, so, Linda, when, when you got thinking about um, trying fresh local chicken, or, or what got you thinking about it? Um, I've always been frustrated when using USDA chicken products in in that... I know you have to send a whole chicken to USDA, and a whole chicken is white meat and dark meat, but it seemed like I, I never had much control in the products that I got back from them. I either had way more dark meat sitting there than, than I had menued, um, or, or the white meat products that I wanted to get were too expensive. So I really wanted to be in charge of what type of chicken products I was buying. And I've always said if I could just get raw drumsticks, that might work for me. And of course, USDA does doesn't do that. So, so working with Slow Foods Denver, um, they helped us find a source for the for the raw drumsticks. Right, right. And and you've told me in the past that that getting those drums locally um, was meaningful to you. Yeah, that that was probably my my biggest um, want in in going into this project. I really wanted to to keep some of our money in Colorado. Um, we're hearing a lot about farm to school in some areas, and and Colorado doesn't have a big um, growing season that works with school districts. So a lot of the produce that other schools have been able to do, we weren't able to do. But um, I really wanted to buy the the chicken raised locally, um, and both. Natural stepped up, and we were able to do that. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, when you and Yuri first talked about the possibility of doing this, what were your concerns? And you know, Yuri, you can jump in on this one too. Sure. Uh, well, I, I, think, I think initially everyone said, what? You're going to cook chicken from scratch? And I'd always felt if we were going to cook any meat from scratch, I'd be comfortable with drumsticks. They're, they're small, they're uniform in size, so, so the doneness would be able to you know, to be similar, pan after pan. So I felt pretty comfortable with with the chicken drumsticks. Um, And when I talked about it with Yuri, he wasn't concerned at all about training our staff. Yeah, so Yuri, you weren't concerned well, at all. Maybe a little is... bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, 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 what you you were contemplating doing there, Yuri, is is unthink. I mean, did you know that this was considered unthinkable in other um, school food, uh, other uh, school districts? Uh, you know, I knew, I knew uh, how important you know the food safety concerns were because you know I worked with raw chicken all over the place. Uh, I've never set up as many procedures and kind of safety measures as we did here. So, I, you know, when it was all said and done, I actually felt pretty confident that I had done more here at Jeffco than I've ever done, you know, in my in my pre- previous professional experience. Right, right, and, and I think any of our listeners that are contemplating doing this would. Really love to hear mm-hmm. about the steps you took to uh, train your staff and ensure food safety. Sure. Well, you know, we, we first introduced um, that we were going to do a raw chicken at our annual in-service. Um, so I kind of briefly went over it in small groups, um, 
fielded a few questions, but really I think what hit home, and again, as Linda said, we have you know 140 sites, 140 managers, um, each with varying degrees of knowledge. Um, what really I think worked well was the video that I created, um, basically uh, going step by step through the procedure, uh, showing them you know exactly how how I would do it, and you know a lot of it is planning ahead, uh, getting everything together ahead of time, so you're not running around. Um, so I think once they saw that, and not to mention they could review it as many times as they want, I think that really worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know that the other districts I've been in touch with that have introduced fresh chicken have also made training videos of St. Paul oh, Public yeah. Schools and Chicago Public Schools. So that seems to be a really fabulous way to approach it because, as you say, mm-hmm. it gives people that reassurance that they can watch how it's done. Um, mm-hmm. Did you also have to deal with, with folks who were not entirely fluent in English? Was the visual piece helpful for them? Um. Possibly. Uh, I don't know, Linda. I mean, I think. I, I don't know that we have uh, a lot of our managers who are not fluent in mm-hmm. English. Mm-hmm. So, right. so for the managers, that wasn't really a concern. Um, it it might have been with some of our hourly employees who, who were assisting in the process. Right. And we have not translated our video into Spanish yet, but probably need to do that. Right. But folks can see how it's done. So, in the video, so what, what are some of the. the you know, the clear steps people are told to take, you know, regarding washing hands and wearing your apron and you know, all that stuff. Like, what, you know, what are some of your, your c- critical control points? Right. Well, I think some of the nice things we did is we got uh, these disposable aprons, which everybody put on, which basically protected their clothing from cross-contamination. Um, it's nice because once you're done with the chicken, when you're done working with the chicken, you know, you just pull the apron off with your gloves on, you throw everything out at once. So I think that was really kind of a nice uh, control point. Uh, we got instant read thermometers for everybody, which everybody was excited about. Um, you know, they use those all school year, but I mean, it really made sense with this chicken because, you know, obviously we wanted, wanted them to cook it to the correct temperature. Um, you know, other than that, uh, you know, receiving was was touched on um, storing uh, because everything was stored in the freezer until they needed to thaw it. So thawing was also um, thought of. Um, but really, kind of like I said, a lot of the, you know, get thinking about it before you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, clearing space in your fridge because you know you're pulling that chicken and, and it needs to thaw, so you need to have that space. And all those things, I think they were able to see, you know, um, speed rack with sheet pans on it, you know, rather than running to the dish pit and getting all these sheet pans, they have it right there in front of them. So I think they were kind of able to see all these little tricks, uh, getting everything ahead of time. Uh, I think that's, that's really what kind of made this process uh, fluid. Right, right. And then on, on day one, which was September um, last year, mm-hmm. you needed mechanisms in place to just troubleshoot if people panicked or just had a last minute question how, how did you deal with that because there's one of you and a lot more of them right well i think i actually answered every possible question before that day mm-hmm. uh, i've been fielding questions for um for a month before that so um at that time you know we did have all of our supervisors out at their sites uh, i was out at a site um you know by that time i think i really felt pretty confident again you know i'd done more um you know, forethought, cooking chicken, and, and, and training the staff, I think, than I'd ever done in my, in my previous career. So I, 
I, I felt pretty confident that, you know, that we were going to be successful. Right, right. Uh, it turned out um, we actually had a couple of health inspections that day, and, you know, they loved the video. Um, you know, those sites had had um, no issues whatsoever, so, so you know. Oh, and you didn't know you were getting the inspectors on that day, huh? No, no, they were Whoa. surprise inspections. Yes, that's pretty great. Of course. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. So, so you know, Linda, speaking of, of you know, feeling prepared, uh, you took a pretty deep dive from the get-go. I remember when we first talked about this, you were going to menu the chicken once for school year 2013-14 for Colorado Proud Day. And then within a couple of weeks, you were saying, no, let's do it in all our elementary schools for, you know, once a month. And and we don't need to taste test it in advance. I'm so sure it's going to work out. And you were right. So, you know, what made you so confident? Um, you know, drumsticks are just a kid-friendly food. We we have served commodity ch- chicken drumsticks in the past, and kids really like things they can pick up with their fingers. Um, and and I loved so much the fact that we were putting money back into the community. And then the fun thing for us is it was affordable. Um, so I I had you know we'd done lots of taste tests with Yuri's products, um, and and we just knew that it was going to work for us. Right. I, let, let's can we return to the affordable piece because you're not using commodity dollars to buy this chicken. So and you you typically were directing I mean, in the past your commodity dollars to, to chickens. So when you crunch the numbers, you know why did this make sense for you? Um, we made the decision, again, because I really want to be in charge of what the center of the plate item is, what the cut is, where it comes from. So we made the decision last school year to put all of our commodity dollars into the DOD produce program. Mm-hmm. So so our produce was coming using our commodity dollars. So we had the rest of our money then to focus on center of the plate. Um, we had a presentation a year prior to, to buying the Boulder Natural Meats from that company on their different products. And we were intrigued, you know, by the local, by the raised without antibiotics. And as we talked a little bit more to Boulder Natural, um, found out, and I had never known before, that, that in the, the organic raised without antibiotics high-end chicken industry, drumsticks are actually thought of as like a byproduct. Mm-hmm. It's not one of the high-demand items. So drumsticks were something they were having a little bit of trouble getting rid of. So um, worked very closely with Edwin Moreno and and um, we're able to get a price that was really affordable for us. The, the Boulder Natural drumsticks are not quite as consistent in size as the USDA are, but the price was affordable enough that I can afford to give two per mm-hmm. serving. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And, um, and and now that you, you know, you mentioned Boulder Natural Meats, one of the things that makes this story so compelling is the kind of relationship you have with them. You, you visited um, the farm where the chickens grown, and you visited the processing plant. Uh, you know, what What did you get out of that experience? Um, I, I picked up on, and you're, you can talk, too, about this, the, mm-hmm. the pride they have in, in yeah. what they're doing. Um, you know, they, they talked initially about um, how, how good this kind of chicken tasted and how they really would like to get it into the school system. But, I mean, every step throughout it, when you went to the farm, they were proud of these little baby chicks that mm-hmm. they had and were telling you all the good things they're doing for these little chicks. Likewise, in, in the processing plant, they were talking about how, how carefully the birds are handled and, and the fact that they're, they're not cooled in water, they're air-cooled, which is a cleaner, more sanitized process. And we just felt very good about the product. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll be speaking shortly uh, about that some more with, with Chad. Um, I understand that you're buying more chicken from Boulder Natural next year. I, I guess that means things are going great. How much more are you going to be buying and anything besides drums? Um, yeah. We're, we're going to continue to buy the drums next year. We also um, got some samples from Boulder Natural Meats this spring of, of a ground chicken product that they have. It's, it's uh, bits and pieces that they have from their processing, and, and they actually are flavoring it, chorizo-flavored for us. So, so we'll bring this in raw, we'll cook it, and then we'll have our staff use it in a quesadilla product. Wow, sounds delicious. I need to come back and check that out. <laughs> so, Linda and Yuri, it's been great visiting with you, and it's great to hear how quickly you've been able to grow this program after just a year. So, so good luck, and thank you for joining us on Inside School Food. Yeah, thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Inside School Food. I'm your host, Laura Stanley. Today we're talking about fresh, local, sustainable chicken in school meals. In this case, meals in Jefferson County, Colorado, the largest district in Colorado and the second largest district in the nation to regularly menu scratch-cooked chicken grown sustainably without antibiotics. I'm really pleased to have Chad Anderson of BB Farms on the line. Uh, BB is in partnership with Boulder Natural Meats, which supplies Colorado-grown chicken to Jeffsco schools and Boulder Public Schools. Is that right, Chad? 
That's correct. Great. So, Chad, BB is raising flocks without antibiotics. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we certainly are. So how do you control and treat disease? Well, I think the first step in that, Laura, is we, we really look at the not so much how do we treat the disease, but how do we treat the bird and the quality of health that that bird has. So how do we make sure that bird has a good immune system and that we set that, that baby chick to, to have a successful uh, life and so that when disease or viruses or stuff comes, they come into contact with it, they're able to fight that. Right. Um, and, and you started growing chicken in Colorado pretty recently, is that right? Um, yeah, so we started growing chickens here almost two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what does having this chicken in the Jeffco and Boulder schools do for your company? I mean, Linda mentioned that, that it gives you a, um, a market for drums, which uh, you have in surplus. But, but what else does it do for your company, having that, that, that presence? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things, uh, and, and uh, Linda talked about this, how in the antibiotic-free and the, the higher-end poultry products like we grow, um, it's easy for us to sell dark or able, easy for us to sell uh, whole birds. It's easy for us to sell uh, chicken breast. But when we're parting the birds out to, to sell chicken breast, we often end up with dark meat as a byproduct. And so what ends up happening with that dark meat is we usually end up just selling that as a commodity product into the marketplace and we're not really able to get a premium price for it, even though it's a, it's a, it's a premium quality product. And so what it, the school districts are, we're able to sell that product into the school district and supply them with a premium quality product because of how we raise those birds. And then we're able to sell that into the school district um, that allows them to serve a meal at a very uh, price conscious because because they have very, very tight budgets they mm-hmm. have to work with. And then we know that those kids are able to eat a quality meal. The schools are able to meet their budgets. And then we also end up with um, some marketing out of that. So Jeffco has done an excellent job at, uh, uh, at telling the whole story, not just their story, but they also tell our story. And that plays uh, big when... when uh, when the student's parents go out into the grocery store and they're looking to, to find a local chicken, we are the only local raised chicken that you can buy in the grocery stores. And, and that goes a long ways. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think that that's an important point that you make, Chad, for any other districts that are considering um, the kind of partnership that you have with Jeffco is is that you know they they need to think about how to make it a win not just for them but for the supplier as Jeffco has done. Um, you know, one of the things that I find so remarkable about BB Farms and Boulder Natural is the transparency that you you offer. Um, you you routinely offer farm and plant tours to prospective customers. You invite people to observe how birds are handled prior to slaughter and even through slaughter. You know, wh- why do you do this? Well, I, we do, it, it's very easy to be transparent when you have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like my sleep at night, and uh, so 
when we do everything that we do with integrity during the day, it's easy for me to lay down at night and rest well in the evenings. And I have no issue sharing what we do with other people. Um, even at the even at our processing plant, there's always going to be one bad day in that bird's life, unfortunately. Uh, but during that, can we make that the best experience that can possibly be? So when we bring those birds in, we make sure they're in a relaxed environment. We make, we've got strict standards for our catch crews. We've got strict standards for how they're handled at the plant. Um, we got strict standards of how they're processed and ran through that, that whole process. So that bird is always treated well. Mm-hmm. And then we, we don't have anything to hide in terms of our air chill process, and we don't have anything to hide as far as how our staff handle those birds. And that makes it very easy to, to, to give the tours that we give and to be able to tell that, tell that story. Right. And, and, as, and then... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, uh, and then the other thing that we do with that... Um, uh, we invest quite a bit in having, not only do we want to tell that story, but we want third-party companies to come in and audit us. So we have three companies that come in on an annual basis, and they, they observe what we do and make sure, and this is above and beyond USDA and um, FSA, and uh, these other companies come in and say, yeah, what you are doing is, is very animal conscious, it's, uh, it's good public health, you're doing all the things that we could possibly do. Right, right. And I, and I had to say, when I was there, I was, I was really quite moved to see the measures um, that you do take to, to calm birds before they enter the line and how gentle the slaughter process was. I mean, if you're going to accept that eating chickens is okay, what I observed as a bet is okay as it gets. Um, it, was, it was great. Um, but the other thing I observed, um, which gets doesn't get talked about as much um, is the experience for people working in the plant. And it seemed like a calm and not dangerous or particularly stressful environment um, at Boulder Natural Meats. Can, can you, you know, speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think our, we've got an amazing staff, uh, both at BB Farms and on the Boulder Natural side. Um, and they truly do care. They truly do care at the farms. Our farm managers want to raise the best product they can possibly raise. And at the plant, everybody wants to deliver the best possible food. And a lot of that, I think, comes back to the local. Um, these are people that shop at the same grocery stores that their net friends and their neighbors. And they want to know that they have a good name uh, when they do that. And so they, they take a lot of pride in delivering that product. Mm-hmm. Well, Chad, um, it's been great having you on the air and catching up with you. Um, it's been almost a year since I visited your plants, so um, and I'm I'm really thrilled that the pro- your program with Jeffco is um, expanding. So, thank you for joining us on Inside School Food. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And you need to come back out. You got to check out our pasture raised product, uh, which is absolutely fabulous, and we've made a lot of improvements since you've been here. So, we look forward to having you back. Great. So before I sign off, a few more words about antibiotic use in food animal production. Um, so say you're a K-12 through food service professional or a nutritionist, maybe you're a parent or a student. Why should you care? Uh, and we should be clear, drug residue in the meat is not what you need to be worried about. By law, food animals are weaned off medication well in advance of slaughter. So it's mostly not there. 
The negative health impact on our kids and indeed all of us is not in properly cooked chicken, but in the environment where antibiotic-resistant bacteria is developing at a breakneck pace. We're talking about a public health emergency. Every time a grower uses antibiotics on healthy animals in order to suppress disease in an overcrowded, unhygienic setting, he further undermines the power that these precious drugs have to treat infections in people. Everyone's safety is affected. Vegans, vegetarians, flexitarians, omnivores, carnivores, all of us. It doesn't matter what you eat. School districts that take a stand by buying antibiotic-free understand this. As stewards of children's health and well-being, they understand how the health impacts of their purchasing decisions extend well beyond the lunch tray. So if, if you would like to understand more about the risks of agricultural overuse of antibiotics, please visit www.saveantibiotics.org or, better yet, visit Inside School Food on Facebook for a link that will take you directly to more about antibiotic-free chicken in schools, including a terrific TV segment featuring Linda and Yuri baking off a whole lot of chicken drums. So you've been listening to Inside School Food. I'm Laura Stanley. Next week, the awesomest school salad bar program in the nation at Riverside Unified in California. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 